0: my my my. I apologize listeners I want to remind everyone that this is a call-in advice show this isn't 9-1-1 this isn't Ghostbusters I can't help you with your (sighs) I'm just here to listen I'm a small island of belief in an ocean of skepticism I know that I'm doing my best we've alerted the police in Seattle it's so hard with people I genuinely think they can change, that bad behavior won't always follow them the rest of their lives, and then again, many people don't. Many are the murderous evil spirits they've been for years. It's hard to know. Take it on a case-by-case basis, and don't worry about it if you're wrong. Try not to die, but go easy on yourselves if you happen to be wrong about people. (laughs) Listen to me prattling on. I'm here for you, callers. My ears, my heart, my third eye awaits. The lines are open. Our next caller joins us from upstate New York. Welcome to the host. You're on the air.
1: Hi, host. My name's Carol. Uh, Sorry to be calling so late.
0: Don't worry about it, Carol. I'm here either way. Now, what's going on with you?
1: It's not so much with me. It's my friend.
0: Of course. Sure. Your friend.
1: No, really. I know people say that, but for me, it's true. My friend was walking in the woods outside of her house one day and she found these eggs that opened up and, well, long story short, now she has this parasite thing inside of her.
0: Do you mean a tapeworm?
1: No, it's like an alien parasite. At first it was attached to her face, but that part fell off and she started talking about feeling a living being inside of her. Her whole stomach and chest is expanding and if you touch her you can feel it moving inside of her.
0: She may be claiming to have been infected with an alien parasite to avoid being slut-shamed. Carol, are you sure your friend isn't pregnant? Oh,
1: I'm sure. It's like dissolving her from the inside. She can't walk anymore and... Oh man, you should get a whiff of her smell. I mean, you you shouldn't. It's horrible.
0: Oh dear, that is an extremely dangerous situation for you and your friend. I'd recommend getting her to a doctor as soon as possible.
1: I can't. She won't let me. Why not? She's all excited about the little alien parasite. She thinks it's fate and that even though it's going to be the end of her life, it'll it'll be the start of a new life. (laughs)
0: Carol, Carol, take a deep breath with me.
1: I I just can't do this anymore. I hate that I have to pretend to be happy for her. The other week, she told us she wants us to throw her a baby alien gender reveal party.
0: What? That's not a thing.
1: That's what I said. But she wants us all to celebrate with her one last time before. (laughs) So we have to do it because she's dying, but I don't know if I can.
0: I see. You're torn because you're trying to be a supportive friend, but you're also incredibly worried about her choices. Yes,
1: that's exactly it. She's so happy and excited about the whole thing, but I I feel like she's just Stockholm syndroming or something.
0: That's very common when an alien life form has attached itself and is slowly leeching a person dry. But Carol... My real question is, what do you want to do in this situation?
1: What do you mean?
0: Well, you can't control the alien parasite. It's programmed to kill. And you can't control your friend's life or her choices.
1: I just wish I could talk her out of it.
0: I know, but it's already happened. She made her decision and you can't control what she does. Say that for me, Carol.
1: I can't control it.
0: Good. But you know what you can control? The way you respond.
1: What should I do?
0: Tend your own garden.
1: Um, I don't have a garden, and frankly, after what happened to my friend walking around in the woods, I'm afraid to be around any nature at all. I don't want to end up
0: like her. Tending your garden is a metaphor. It means that you need to take care of yourself. This baby alien gender reveal party, for example.
1: I shouldn't go, should I?
0: Certainly not. At best, it's emotionally abusive to her friends to force them to throw her a party. At worst, the alien baby could come bursting out of her chest and feast on you all.
1: Oh. My. God. You're right. We could be in real danger after it's born.
0: Oh my God. Exactly. This whole time you've been so worried about how to be a good friend when the truth is she's not being a good friend to you. What do I do? I'd start by calling the U.S. military and alerting them to the severity of the situation. Then let them take over protecting everyone from this parasitic alien. She's going
1: to be so mad at me.
0: Carol, what did you say earlier? That
1: I can't control her. I can only control me. Right. That alien asshole is going down. No way am I letting it get its creepy little hands on any more of my friends.
0: Good for you, Carol. Now go. Take back control of your life and stop worrying so much about upsetting your friend. Thank you. Well, that was an emotional ride, but I feel like we had a real aha moment there with Carol. How many of us have found ourselves in situations where we were putting others' needs before our own to the point where we were actually hurting ourselves as we try to keep them happy? Also, just as a blanket statement to all my listeners, if you see egg pods in the forest, please call your local law enforcement. No one likes a baby alien gender reveal party. No one. Before we dive back in, I want to take a moment to thank Ellen's haircuts in Hanover Park for their support of our program. Ellen's haircuts 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 hold, hold on that can't be the slogan. Ah, here it is Ellen's haircuts now op now open now, open. Dana is the printer on the fritz again? mm-hmm, uh well, the moon is in the twelfth house, maybe time for a new one. Up next is Brenna calling in from Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina. What a fun city name to say. Kill Kill Devil Hills. Kill Devil Hills. It should come as no surprise that there's a thriving local necromancy culture there. Brenna?
2: Evening host, how are you?
0: My elbow hurts and I've upped my dosage of lithium, but that's not why we're here. How are you, Brenna?
2: Could be better. My childhood bully. Sandra's back in my life and it's a waking nightmare.
0: The 90s really are back in full force.
2: Oh, late 80s, actually. Yeah, I've been having flashbacks to when she told my crush I was obsessed with pogs or when she ruined my pogs.
0: That must have been hard. How did your paths reconnect?
2: Well, she sought me out after she died.
0: So your antagonist is a ghost, the lead somewhat buried.
2: I tried to look up how she died, but all I could find was that her skeletonized remains were scattered along the I-95.
0: If you're troubled enough to have your spirit linger on Earth after death, you didn't have a comfortable exit from the living plane. How does that knowledge make you feel?
2: Well, I might feel some kind of sympathy for her. She hadn't used it as an opportunity to hover above my husband and me in bed every night, just glowing and moaning.
0: What does Sandra say? Ghosts discuss unfinished business incessantly.
2: She doesn't say anything. Well, kinda. She just moans and says she's sorry.
0: Oh, so she apologizes to you.
2: Well, kinda all the time.
0: Hmm. And what do you do in return?
2: Well, I, I try to make it stop. I scream. Or I cry. Or I swing a broom at her. One time we misted her with some Febreze, but I just got the top sheet damp.
0: Well, I appreciate this call very much, Brenna. A few twists and turns, but in the end an issue of rudimentary ghost etiquette. Straightforward. You need to accept her apology. Right away, unless you want more hover-moaning.
2: Well, I I just want the haunting to stop. I I don't need her apology. I mean, to me, an apology is about being vulnerable, you know? To demonstrate you were wrong. As horrible as she was, and she was horrible. I mean, she once forced me to eat the contents of an entire guinea pig cage. But I realize now that, well, she was just a kid too, you know? And she's probably changed as much as I have. Plus, I ain't no saint myself. I don't expect anyone to crawl through mud on my behalf.
0: Just as this show isn't about me, Brenna, neither is this apology about you. Your low self-esteem, which is a separate problem that breaks my heart and something I encourage you to call in about at a later date, uh, has nothing to do with Sandra's apology. She is saying, there is a person I want to be, and what I did to you doesn't fit with that vision. She wronged you, and regardless of whether or not you want to deal with it, she needs to know that you hear her when she says she's sorry.
2: All right. well now I do hear her, but if she wants to apologize, I think she should be ready for it to be rejected, okay? Because what kind of person only apologizes because she expects the other person to accept?
0: What kind of person withholds the acceptance of an apology because you want the issuer to suffer?
2: Oh, come on, ask her. She didn't say sorry then, so I figured she never would.
0: Brenna? Oh,
2: oh, she's here.
0: Ah, Sandra. Can you see her?
2: Sincere. Oh, come on, give up this act. Sincerely,
1: sincerely apologize.
0: This is the moment, Brenna. There's not going to be any garlic or holy water. This is a personal ish, so to speak, between you and your childhood tormentor.
2: It's so cold here. It's so cold. I'm scared, host.
0: You haven't hung up yet, Brenna. That means you aren't demonstrating Toteman's phone drop reflex. You can do this.
2: I poured chocolate milk on your box. That was wrong. Uh, okay. Thank you for apologizing.
0: Brenna, now!
2: I accept your apology, Sandra. We were kids. I know you lived with your dad, and he was always drunk at the track. I'm sorry about you being skeletonized near the I-95. I love you, Sandra. Love you too. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Sandra.
2: Oh my God!
0: How wonderful is that? Enemies turned into a separate ghost and person, headed on their own paths. Much healthier. No,
2: no. What is happening in my house? There's a tunnel alive.
1: It's time for me
2: to go. Toodles.
0: Sandra's leaving our plane, Brenna. This is normal. It's been documented since the earliest descriptions of the spirit world.
2: Well, WTF? Sandra's normal exit's gonna be trash in my place? Thought we were cool now. Is my bedroom gonna be a portal to hell forever?
0: Spirit world is the term. Hell is actually out of favor these days since it implies judgment. And the blinding light of the spirit beacon will disappear, but the presumably enormous hole in your house is real and will remain. Wait, what? Thank you, Brenna. Okay, listeners, send us your calls. No problem is too strange or too terrible. The lines are open hello hello caller i am the host you're on the air
3: hi i'm jezebel and i'm calling from hollywood california
0: ah the land of dreams and sunshine what seems to be the problem
3: well i have to hire new interns and if this batch isn't superb my boss will fire me
0: oh dear was the last group unsatisfactory
3: they were resistant yes
0: good candidates are hard to come by
3: No, we're a well-known production company, and we even pay, so I get more resumes than I can reasonably sift through. People from Ivy League schools, people with master's degrees, people related to the president of Fox.
0: So it's hard to tell who the right candidate might be.
3: Exactly. It's hard to tell who's competent, efficient, savvy, but with an extreme deference to authority. You seem to get a good read on people, Host. How do you do it?
0: I'm flattered that you think so, Jezebel. Although, I think it's impossible to ever feel one really knows somebody, especially with limited contact. The most you can do is listen carefully and try to draw people out in conversation.
3: I guess the problem with that host is that I don't want to get too attached. You've
0: been hurt in the past, caller?
3: No, it's not that. It's that the interns...
0: The interns...
3: Well, it's funny. A lot of these internship postings include the requirement must have thick skin because an exec has an extreme anger issue or whatever. But my boss wants interns with very thin skin because, well, because my boss sometimes tries to eat the interns. Oh. I'm in his office right now cleaning up what's left of Nick here. Uh,
0: is that a figure of speech? Like it's so tough to break into Hollywood, it'll eat you alive?
3: It could be, but this time, no. He literally eats them.
0: Literally? Meaning both emphatically and also literally?
3: Correct. He doesn't always... he doesn't usually kill them. This was a bad case. Most of the time, he's like, I'll give you a pass at this script, or I'll get you a meeting with so-and-so if you just spare me a toe. Part with a small piece of your thigh. Most of them do. The ones who don't get blacklisted.
0: Don't people complain?
3: Not really. The few who do just sound like lunatics.
0: Are there other people in your office who know about this?
3: Just Garrett. He's a little out of it.
0: Is Garrett retaining all his toes?
3: Oh, Lee would never eat Garrett.
0: Because... he's... I mean,
3: you'd understand if you met Garrett. I wouldn't eat him either.
0: Wait, do you also eat people?
3: No, I mean, not yet. I'm just an assistant.
0: I see. I didn't know that the film industry had resorted to cannibalism.
3: Oh, it's still pretty niche, only for the very influential. It's a power trip. Nobody actually wants to eat human flesh. Except Lee. Oh, and you should hear him burp when he's finished. It's disgusting.
0: You seem to have gotten yourself into a situation. Have you had to feed any part of yourself to Lee?
3: Just pieces of my soul. (laughs) I mean, no. My aunt's an exec, so... No.
0: So you've called me to help you put the lives of promising young people in danger?
3: No. Well, I guess. But I don't know what to do. Working in Hollywood has been my dream since... Don't you
0: think you should tell the police?
3: I'm sure they wouldn't believe me.
0: But aren't you cleaning up the remains of a dead intern right now?
3: But he was kind of asking for it. He was a health nut, entirely free-range, gluten-free.
0: Listen to yourself, Jezebel. Have you no heart? No soul? Your company is killing people and scarring others for life and for the sake of mere entertainment?
3: But what else can I do? It's too late for me to start over in some other field. I'm 28. My life is behind me. Plus, we have a 13-episode deal with Crackle.
0: You know, I'm bound at this point to try to figure out who you work for and inform the police. You've given me the names of everyone in the company. It shouldn't be hard.
3: And I guess you'll just have to hope that whatever officer investigates this outrageous claim doesn't have a screenplay tucked in a drawer somewhere that he's always wanted to show somebody. (sighs) Plus, we pay our interns, which is really rare.
0: Sounds like you've made your peace with it.
3: Don't judge me, host. I really like your show. It keeps me company in dark times like these.
0: If nothing else, and so far there really is nothing else, I admire your commitment to your dreams.
3: I have to send out a job posting tomorrow. Could I run it by you? Go ahead. Fast-paced production company seeking a highly motivated, creative, and well-read intern. Must have a passion for film and television. Must have a no-job-too-small attitude. Must be available two to three days per week. Previous internship experience preferred. Pound of flesh required. Pays 10 50 an hour.
0: That sounds... Dreadful. <laughs> I think you've captured it perfectly.
3: Thanks. You learn pretty quick what you're in for out here.
0: Best of luck to you and your interns. And may whatever deity or ancient beings have mercy on your souls. <sniffs> ah, That poor intern. Our producer told me that she's informing the police. We're calling cops a lot tonight. If any nicks turn up missing in Hollywood, they'll know where to start asking questions. Now, this next thing requires listener participation, so get ready to participate. Relax your jaw, shake out your appendages, wiggle your butt a little. Good. It's that time of night when we take a second to thank the various artificial intelligence that help us through our daily routine. Say it with me. Thank you, Siri, for being there for me when I needed you for being kind to me when I cursed at you and for setting timers like I asked you can fill in your own sentiment of gratitude here okay and now I'll give everyone 10 seconds to thank their various other AI that help run their lives their Alexa's their navigation systems their clap on and clap off technology I'll close this with a general statement of gratitude. Go ahead. Together, we thank all our technological brothers and sisters. In return, we simply ask that you remember us in the inevitable robot revolution and spare us the indignities that will surely be inflicted upon everyone else. Thank you, listeners. Well, friends, we've made it through another day. Ruining our bodies, troubling our minds, purging our newsfeeds. We have toiled and we have sacrificed. We have still not watched The Wire. But we must forgive ourselves. With each new sunset and each new moon high in the sky, we must forgive. And then, tomorrow, do it all over again. Caller, are you there?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I said, Caller, are you there? Are, are you ready for me? <laughs>
4: oh, come on, Danny, stop it. You know to close. Get me a malt, will ya?
0: Caller, maybe now isn't the best time for you.
4: I'm here, I'm here. Jeez, it's the only time for me. You're on the air. Caller, what, what is your name? I'm Lorraine Delvecchio. You're probably of my father. Lenny? Big Lenny Delvecchio? The mattress king out of Montesino?
0: No, I'm afraid not.
4: Huh. Then I'm just Lorraine, then. And I'm scared out of my mind.
0: Is it spectral, ephemeral, extraterrestrial?
4: No, it's just college. What's the fear? The part where I have to go.
0: Well, Lorraine, change is simply a part of life.
4: I know. But this morning I was Lori, the Laugh Stealth fix, class clown of Westside High School, 1956. And now I don't know who I am.
0: 1956? So you're... Oh, of course. You're a non-traditional student. You took some time off. Well, a lot of time off.
4: I wish. Nope, I'm shipping out to the East Coast tomorrow. How about that? No sooner had I moved the tassel on my mortarboard when I already had to go. Dad says Eisenhower's coming up with some interstate system thing, so driving out there will be easier. Just what I need. Surprise visits from Big Lenny.
0: I'm sorry, where did you say you're calling from?
4: Oh, I'm out at Jim Maltz on the PCH. We tried to get into Pink Cricket, but our usual doorman wasn't working. now <laughs> had to get sweets with the rest of the ankle
0: uh, Let me rephrase. When are you calling from?
4: When? Um, it's about 10 o'clock Pacific time. The moon's kind of crescent-shaped. It's about... It's 65 degrees and it's graduation day, June 2nd, 1956.
0: How did you get this number?
4: It's carved into a bathroom stall. The note said call this number if you seek answers. This is the psychic hotline, right?
0: I'm sorry, seems to me you have the wrong number.
4: No, I don't. You're the one Patty Keegan called, right? The psychic that told her she'd get into Dartmouth and then she did?
0: I don't know a Patty Keegan.
4: No, it's you. She said he would do this. You also told Billy Reed that he would make a last-second three-pointer in the district finals, and he did that, too.
0: What did you say your name is? Lorraine? Look, Lorraine, I can't help you.
4: Come on, just try one for me. When are Danny Franklin and I getting married?
0: Danny Franklin? You, uh, you know Danny Franklin?
4: Yeah, he's my boyfriend. He's been acting a little weird lately, but I love him all the same. He's also the boss's guy in school.
0: I told Danny to remove that number from the stall. Sand it off if he had to.
4: Ha! See, I knew it was you!
0: We shouldn't be talking, Lorraine.
4: Please, I don't care what my future looks like. I, I need to know I'm desperate.
0: When I started this show, I made a promise to myself to help others. So though I am deeply uncomfortable... Yes, Lorraine, I will help you.
4: Thank you. Thank you. I owe you one. What was high school like for you, Lorraine? Perfect. Just perfect. I was on homecoming court and I had a ton of friends and Danny Franklin wanted to date me. And even when it was hard, even when I got detention or was grounded, I loved every second. But
0: nothing is perfect. Surely you know that.
4: I guess. But I did everything right, you know. As far as I can see, as far as I can control it, it was perfect. Like a little bubble where everything would be safe forever.
0: You know, Lorraine, I don't mean to alarm you, but it's important you know that things won't be like this forever. The world is changing, the small one you created for yourself, and the big one around you.
4: I know. That's why I called. Tell me my future. Look into your crystal ball or whatever.
0: It's not what you think it is, Lorraine.
4: I'll give you an easy one. How many kids will Danny and I have?
0: I can't do this. It won't be helpful or ethical.
4: You know what I learned in my high school ethics class? What? Diddly squat, so come on, tell me something.
0: Fine. Fine, Lorraine, I'll do it, but I warned you. As far as I can tell, you will have two children.
4: Ah, a mini Lorraine and a Danny Jr. It's perfect.
0: No, Lorraine, you will have two children. Danny won't have any.
4: What does that mean?
0: Danny goes over to Vietnam in a couple years.
4: That's no big deal. My brother was in Korea.
0: This war is different.
4: Oh, different how? Is Danny okay?
0: He's dead, Lorraine. He dies over there. I'm looking at his obituary.
4: You're right, though. He is very handsome. Very boss. That's not true. I don't believe in this stuff anyway. Patty and Billy... She's smart. He's good at basketball. Anyone could have told him they'd be alright. You're just guessing.
0: I wish I were.
4: Your crystal ball is broken, then. Danny's fine. Look,
0: Lorraine, you need to know the truth. I'm not a psychic. I don't have powers or a crystal ball. I'm a radio talk show host in the year 2018. You and your friends, you've been calling the future. I don't know how, but I keep picking up for you even though I know I shouldn't, and then I ask your questions to the search engine in my computer. Do you know about computers, Lorraine?
4: I know IBM and NASA and science fiction theater, all the boring stuff my dad likes.
0: Good. But that's all I have, just a computer with an infinite record of the past. It was so fun hearing the joy in Patty's voice as I scrolled to the Dartmouth Distinguished Alumni page and the whoop of victory from Billy when I read from an old copy of the San Bernardino Sun, but everything changed when Danny called. He was supposed to remove that number. What's it say about me? I can't look that up for you, Lorraine.
4: Yes, you can. You already told me about my kids.
0: There's nothing here, Lorraine. There's no...
4: No obituary, no. What year are you again? 2018. 62 more years. Boss. Looks
0: like you've written some terrific books. I've read some of these. (laughs) And so many awards. You have interesting things to say, Lorraine. College will be more than okay for you.
4: Can I change anything? The outcome of the future? Lorraine. I know, it's probably crazy to even think about, but can I?
0: Can you? Yes. Do I advise it, though? That's something entirely different. This is a question of free will, Lorraine, of affecting the future in which I exist, in which you still exist. I can't...
4: I I get it. I understand. Do you? Do you really? I do, really. So then, what happens tomorrow? What do you mean? June 3rd, 1956. What happens?
0: You start your journey across the country, Lorraine.
4: Is that it? Is that it? I suppose in the larger
0: context of history, yes, that's it. But for you, it's the beginning of the rest of your life. Today is the end of your old one. Thank you. I don't know if I've helped you today, Lorraine. That troubles me.
4: I feel like you've helped
0: what it's worth then that's enough for me and Lorraine promise me this that you'll live in the present as much as you can that's all you can control that's all you can experience forget that my computer exists forget everything I've told you if you can you have one night left at home with your friends with Danny go enjoy it
4: I can go scratch that number off the bathroom stall if you want
0: I hope you don't judge what happened here tonight, listeners. It's never easy getting those calls. There's so many questions in this business that I'd rather not answer, but part of being the host is deciding how I might best be of service, and sometimes the principles by which I serve become murky. I ask you to remember that I'm not perfect. There's only so much in this world on this plane of existence that I can control, and the same goes for you. Good night, listeners. Wherever whenever you are. Da, 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 da. Good night, sweetheart, well, it's time to go da, 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 da.
2: Good night, sweetheart, well.
1: This episode of The Host was written by Rachel Ewing, Jamie Ferguson, Amy Carver, and Katie Markovich. It was performed by Katie Markovich, Amy McKay, Hannah Martin, Victoria Reynoso, and Sarah Kenny. Music by Steve Metz. Created by Amy Carver. If you'd like to contribute, please send us an email at thehostpodsubmissions@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Until next time, good night.